Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we're taking a deep dive on Cyberpunk 2077 and all of the highs and lows of Brett's playthrough of it. If you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can always buy us a cup of coffee over at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash pod. So what's up, Brett? What's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's up, man? I uh, I have one of the big de facto popular AAA thingies that I've I've done. That yeah, I I love that we're we are talking about like what should have been like strike while the iron is hot content a month and a half ago. Right, we were like, nah, we'll do it nah. now. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I didn't want to. So I played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, we're going to talk about it. I'll, I'll be as spoilery free as I can for a little bit, but I did, uh, finish the game. So I do want to talk about it because a lot of my feelings are in there. So we'll try to at least give you all a cutoff point and whatever. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, we're not a review show, right? right? Like this isn't a place like we're not always trying to review the latest and greatest. Now, when Borderlands three came out, we were really excited about it. So yeah, we, we wanted it. to review it. Right. And well, and once we got into it, we liked it. Right. 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 Um, and not that we hit, well, you'll talk about cyberpunk. The point just being that like when doom came out, when doom eternal came out, same thing, like super excited about it, really liked when we played it, wanted to talk about it. Um, but in the end, it's like, what was, how much did it really resonate? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's really what drives our excitement for talking about things. So, right. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to, I don't know, I for whatever reason, I wanted to give that disclaimer. So. No, no, I think it's fair <laughs> to let people know that, like, look, it, it, it is still a pretty fresh game. It is still a pretty new game. It's got some pretty big twists and turns in it, so I don't want to spoil it for the people that do want to play it. But also, it's not a review. It's an impact. So right. maybe some people will call it that. But if that's what you're looking for, eh. But sure. yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it was good to throw out there. So yeah, we'll 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 have some chunks in there where at least we can warn you to go play the game in its entirety before you finish the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So um, I'm actually going to ask you some questions that might seem elementary, but the truth is, is that we have flip-flopped roles in our hardware setup where you Mm -hmm. now have the PC of the future and I play on a potato. I still don't have uh, any of the new NVIDIA cards. Oh, right. That's true. Because Yeah. yeah. Market that problem. will that will do it once i get one of those which it is actually really hindering my setup right now because mm. so the vr this is a total tangent to begin with the vr requires the special dvi plug like the 4k monitor plug and i normally run a dual monitor setup and my new monitor that i got with my new pc of the future also <laughs> uses the dvi plug and you can daisy chain them but only if they're monitors you can't date it because like the VR that uses the DVI plug to have multiple plugs go into it. Basically, it's like an adapter almost. So I can't daisy chain it into my monitor to free up my HDMI port for my second monitor. So I'm just running and I could, of course, swap back and forth to get both monitors to plug in. But I'm not going to plug and unplug a DVI port into my only video card a whole bunch of times because that's a recipe for breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. and it's just a pain so i've been running single monitor and and because my video card only has the one dvi port and all of the new gtx cards have 
two or four of the DVI ports on them. Mm. And so it's got like one DVI and one HDMI and that's it. It doesn't have a V. I think it has like an old, the white HDMI connector or DVI connector or whatever. I think it has one of those, but I don't have an adapter and I don't want to spend a stupid amount of like 40 bucks for a little adapter cable just to get a monitor back. And uh, yeah, so if I get the new card, my end goal is to build like a folding desk where I can hang my monitors on the wall and like flex mounts and then push them up against the wall and have a, a, a folding desk that'll fold up to clear up space for VR. But to do that, I need my PC to go into like a closet in the bedroom and mm. I need to be able to run multiple HDMI cables at length out of it. So I don't even know if I can. I don't know what I know. There's a a certain length of cable that you can have that you don't start losing like signal noise or whatever off of. And mm. if I run it over the ceiling, I don't know if I have 20 feet to the to the inside of the closet or how that's going to work. But I want the room for the VR and I want the monitor back up, but I, I need the VD, the video card of the future. But anyway, you had questions. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, so in this example, you know, we flip flop and when Doom came out, you weren't able to play Doom at that Doom Eternal when it came out because PC mm. couldn't run it. Right. Um, in, in this example, I do technically meet the minimum requirements. I mean, I'm surpassed them a little bit even for right. Cyberpunk, but after the reviews I saw about the technical problems it had on lower end hardware. Mm -hmm. um, and I was already a little hesitant because I don't want to play it. I, I, it's not that I demand like perfect frame rate or like right. you can get anything, but I also don't, if it hitches a lot, it, it, that's just going to ruin the experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm not playing it on ultra and right. I've got a pretty outside of the GTX card, like the brand new Nvidia one. It's still a pretty, like a 1060 is still a pretty good card. Like, right. So, right. Is it a 1060 or a 1660? Well, I don't remember. It's a super. I I don't know. It's a mid-range of the last series. It's not a, a 2040 Ti or whatever, but... Right. Either way. Um. So my point was just going to be, though, that I have not played Cyberpunk literally at all, and yeah. I didn't actually read very much about it going into it because I didn't know if I was going to play it, and then once I didn't play it, I it's not... I'm not just consuming articles about it just for the sake of it. So, so anyway, so my, my whole point, my whole question, first question is just, what is the game actually? Like, what are you doing? I've played the Witcher, which is like a right. third person action RPG, but that's fantasy, totally different. So, so it's, I mean, first of all, it's a cyberpunk genre game. Uh, it's, it's like, it's, so it's a first person shooter action RPG. Okay. So there's a lot of RPG elements to it. You're not just shooting every person that you see. It's not everyone's a bad guy kind of thing. Um, but it's all first person perspective, which actually, I, man, I there are so many entangled feelings about this game. At first, I was really against it because, especially in games that have a lot of customization options, I prefer to be able to see those things. If I'm going to spend half an hour or more creating my character i want to see my character mm -hmm. and i think that like that's otherwise why do it and yeah like it, it having my like going into a first person perspective is it just kind of and and there's not a lot of cut scenes that show you'll see your character's hands 
but you don't see what your character's wearing or the face you designed or whatever tattoos or cyberware you put on. Like, there's not a lot of cutscenes. There's a, a, a couple, maybe, but even those, I'm trying to think, I think almost all of them are first-person perspective. So that has this massive character customization screen that you can go through all of this detail with and get this really cool-looking character. And then the only way to see them is to go into a mirror which has a weird load time. So like mirrors function weird and have a lot of load associated with them. And sometimes wouldn't load everything on my character even. So it's just like, it's kind of defeats the per like why give you just have a male and female character, you know, like there's no point to creating a character if you never see the assets. So do you not see it like in, in borderlands, for example, which doesn't have nearly that level of customization. It's just some, some skins you can swap out. But you see your character like when you go into a menu to open your inventory or something. Yeah, I mean, you see them there, but there's also no the no multiplayer, at least like technically or officially or anything. So it's not like I you're loading in next to me. And at least if you put on a cool costume, I could be like, oh, man, you got the cool neon Tron outfit. And now your monster looks neon and Tron-y. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. There's no, You don't load in and be like, oh, you got the samurai mask and the leather pants like it. There's just no, there's no way to show off any of that content. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on the flip side, I'm actually strangely okay with it because it's also kind of a, I don't want to call it a looter. Sh- I guess it is kind of a looter shooter in the sense that it's it's got a very Diablo-esque loot drop system. And so you can be wearing purple parachute pants and a samurai mask and a sweatshirt and that's just all the best armor and like combat boots or sneakers or sandals and it all is the best armor that you can find so your character looks ridiculous so is it is the variety just in aesthetics or is it like when you say it's diablo-esque is it like there's the sort of truth that's the white version and the blue version and the orange version that has like better stats yes yeah so there is rarities and then uh there's it's it's so weird everything about this game is like half implemented Mm. and i don't know if that was just so that they could market it as that or if that was their intention it's it's so so like weapons can have one of four different uh elements i guess associated with them and each one has a different effect but they don't really add that there's not much past that in a still like in a single like a revolver versus versus like a semiotic pistol will have different like main abilities like the revolver will always have power so it can shoot through walls and the pistol will always have an auto fire option or something but outside of that it then gets one element type randomly assigned to it and then after that, it's just the higher level is higher damage. Mm. So, and there's like kind of like the Borderlands where certain guns will always be. There's like some different manufacturers. So certain types of weapons will always have a certain ability assigned to them. But none of them are really, there's like a smart gun, which all like you lock on for a second and then you can move behind a wall and the bullets will all be homing bullets, which is kind of cool. But there's not a lot. There's a couple of shoot through wall guns, which are kind of cool. Once you get like the ability to see through walls or tag an enemy and then hide behind a wall, then get just shoot them through the wall. But there's not a lot of it's not like you have 
acid concussive grenade launcher fragmenting into multiple parts, like at least that I ran into. Now, I did not do every quest in the game, so. Yeah, well, but I mean, whatever, even if it was even if some of these things would be tucked away in some side quest, then that's not really part of the main gameplay experience, if you will. Um, You know, something else I want to kind of say um, that I think is important context for all of this discussion is that cyberpunk is made by uh, CD Projekt. And CD Projekt is the company that, that of course, makes the Witcher games, which are the first two were middling popularity. The third one, right? the world loved it. Um, but the other thing they do is make, they're, they're the people behind good old games, which, A, is awesome that they have gone back and created a place for all of these old games to kind of be accessible again. Right. And they are strictly no DRM. Mm-hmm. They don't drm on anything no and that is huge so the i guess the point though that i'm I'm getting to is like like this is you know we talk about good guy good guy game developers right, right. And, and this is cd project is an example of one of those so it it's so interesting to see again having not played it but just to see the fallout that this has and like and the reason it made me think of it is because when you said like well i don't know if the did they implement these things halfway so they could put on the back of the box that it's in there. And it's like, it's so interesting because that they're not the company that is that company, right? right. Like they're not, that's not who they are. But, but I mean, this game has been catastrophically poorly received in so many ways. I, I don't know if you can, I think part of it may just be, I don't think you can make a game this big with this much hype and not become that kind of game. I think the hype just keeps you, in it, it puts too much expectations in you from both a public perspective and from a corporate perspective. Because now, when you invest, I don't even know how many millions of dollars into marketing. Now you need that return, which means you need even more features and even tighter timelines and more crunch and whatever. Yeah, and I don't mean to get away from the discussion of the gameplay so quickly. I just it, I you know I don't know. Like I, I I've I'm trying to find in my head like. Is there an example of a game I can think of that's that was this hyped and this big of a deal that actually didn't just disappoint everyone? And the only examples that really come to mind, and even this is a bit subjective, and I'm a huge fan of these, but would be like the Rockstar games, like GTA Four, GTA Five, Rock, Red Dead Redemption Two, right? I, I don't, I don't. There's, I not- mean, Red Dead Redemption Two had a little bit of controversy, but it wasn't like unfinished game stuff yeah but yeah so i don't know um but that but that's two i mean that's one developer i mean i immediately was just like diablo 3 borderlands 3 no man's sky like just off the top fallout fallout 76 like just instantly felt like a cascade of the any any time that i'm like what were the most marketed games and then how were their launches and that yeah. not good is how I feel. <laughs> well, and I, yeah, and I don't know. Anyway, so we'll go back to the gameplay discussion. Yeah. Though. I just, I just thought it was important because I know there's going to be a lot of like discussion about what's the motivation behind this, or whatever. And it, it's just important contextually to understand that this company's track record is not this. So this right. is a break from who they've been 
in the industry for I mean, yeah, that's, that's years. true. That's true. I think so. Like, kind of back to it though. Like, the point is just that, like, I'm not actually against the first person perspective because I don't have to see the garbage clothes that my character was wearing. Gotcha. But, right. But then, like, after a little bit. There, there was a, a bit of a conflict where I wanted my character to be something versus my character fitting into the world. So despite the fact that I was wearing the most ridiculous clothing ever, every character in the world is wearing the most ridiculous clothing ever. Mm. So I fit into the world like my character was not like an Easter bunny in a Fortnite game or in Halo or something. My character looked like they belonged I, they just didn't look the way I wanted them to. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it is actually a little surprising that in... Uh, I mean, a huge part of the appeal of the cyberpunk theme mm -hmm. is the aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, just hugely, hugely important to that appeal is the aesthetic. Yeah. It's surprising that they wouldn't either that they wouldn't find a way to not tie your stats to your appearance, whether that be by having like a vanity slot for you to put right. vanity clothes or a wow style transmog system where they you even have half of it kind of done where, so like the biggest thing that you get from rarity is augment slots mm. and augment slots allow you like a higher rarity may have two versus one or three or four. Like, I think the most you can get is like four or something like that on a legendary piece of gear. But then just let your, the armor chips, like the subdermal armor chip Mark two just fits into a slot of any piece of clothing. Right. And then cool. If you, if you have a tank top that you really like, it has two slots. You could put two of your armor chips in there or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that determines its value and its armor, not the fact that it's a tank top. I don't know. Right, right, right. So whenever you, you, you boot the game up, it's first person mode. Are you running around? Is it a giant open world city? Are you, are you going indoors? Like what is the actual, you know? Yes. And both you, you okay. start in a, at a, so there's three different factions that you can choose from. And these do dictate a lot of your dialogue options that you'll have available throughout the game, as well as some side quests, maybe. But largely, and they each have a different starting tutorial slash sequence that you go through. But I thought that it was going to be a lot more varied than that. You still meet the same characters and go through the same story progression after that intro. Like you will always intro into meeting this specific character. And then from there, the game is off in the same direction for all three. I want to call them races factions. Yeah, right. But you it's indoors. It's outdoors, though. It's more than the city. There's the city. And then there's some outlying biomes kind of. There's like a small island. There's a, like an industrial district. There's like a desert. Uh I haven't I didn't try to go out of the bounds of the map ever really, but the map is pretty huge. Mm. And yeah, I mean there's you can get in vehicles, you can drive vehicles, and I mean, yeah, it, you can't go inside every single building, but there are quite a few buildings that you can go into and go up and down elevators or jump off the top or run up through stairs. There's a lot of cool 
alleyways that like you go into a building but then when you go out a side door you're in an alleyway that's underneath like a sub-basement of some other area like it's very urban sprawl very they got the concrete jungle really nailed down it actually you can get lost in you know alleyways underneath other alleyways like there's a lot of overlaying spaghetti mapification going on so obviously it's not like this it's a far newer game and it sounds like there's a lot more um nooks and crannies if you will but but so kind of a similar feel to like like gta 5 as far as your ability to go around the city like it's just this in a similar manner yeah the the only big difference is that after a little bit like i almost never really used vehicles because there's a pretty plentiful supply of uh fast travel nodes ah so once you've unlocked an area and been there there's a, a fast travel node there yeah now you but you could you could even hijack other vehicles from civilians and get the cops called on you and all all of that same kind of gta style stuff is there mm. but i only ever did it like one time did i hijack a vehicle because the other thing is is all of it's cyberpunk it's super future time like all of the cars are smart cars so you can just pull out your cell phone and hit a button and summon your vehicle to you mm. and it'll essentially spawn within a certain area or drive up to you or whatever so you don't have to seal somebody's vehicle if you could just select any of your vehicles to spawn there right so i guess i mean how does it how does the gameplay feel and i'm curious about this because again my experience with cd project is the witcher which the witcher 3 i mean they do sword play well enough and like you have a horse and riding the horse feels good yeah. like it's, a, it's well done how does the shooting and the driving feel like is driving it- is garbage. Okay. I would prefer to, if it was less than a mile, I would just run and, or a kilometer or whatever. And if it was further, I would look for the closest fast travel point because there's probably one. There were only a few times where I had to drive and then I would almost force myself to use a motorcycle because they were just a little bit more maneuverable all of all of the driving feels kind of sluggish, not very responsive or too fast in a really overcrowded city where there's it's not in GTA. They have a lot of the stoplight timings down to where, like, you're always almost going to get T-boned. But if you do it right, you zip through, you know, mm-hmm. like it just feels like there's some little bit of AI coded in the background that makes sure that either that or there's just car in the middle of the intersection. But you can still drive around it or if you're good enough. Mm-hmm. in this there's it's just crowded streets mm. i like the only parts that i had fun driving in were like blazing through the desert and mowing down cactuses where it's no roads you know but outside of that driving terrible gunplay and melee really good mm. i personally i went for a melee character i went swords and then mantis blades because come on mantis blades they're just in your arms like that's awesome and I but I didn't get into there's a whole series of mechanics, especially if you want to go pugilist like fisticuff style. There's a whole series of mechanics for dodging and power hits and counter damage and stuff that you can get into. But for the most part, I found that fire blades, it just made it to where that was not necessary. Right. And it was either I'm sneaking, I'm sneaking, I'm sneaking or 
things have gone downhill and it's time to just cut my way through everything. Right. But the gunplay is also really good. I used a pretty wide variety of weapons. I thought I had a favorite for a little while. And I used, sometimes I'd use a sniper rifle. Sometimes I'd use auto-seeking shotguns where 12 bullets lock onto a dude's head and you just Mm. shoot it in the air. (laughs) But even the only thing, like my, like the gunplay was good. I think I had it for the most part between normal and hard difficulty. Uh, I think I kept it on hard all the way up to like the second or third boss until I was just like, no, things get really bullet spongy. And it's, it's one thing if you're saying you have some subdermal armor, but that tank top and no mask still is like your sunglasses aren't providing you 72 headshot protection against 20 brain seeking shotgun bullets. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's interesting. That's a problem that RPG style games struggle with always. I mean, cause the other side of that coin is that you can't take 50 slices from a sword either. Right. You know right. I mean? Like, and so, yeah, that's a that that's something that I don't know. I don't know what the solution is unless you just make it such an obvious video game that you don't think about it. Right. And I think that's the problem with because it's pretty realistic looking and it's right. it tries to at least act within a realistic world, not necessarily this world. But it, it then and it's fine if they like. If the psycho, it's kind of like the psychos in Borderland Three. Like they're like supposed to be drugged out, crazy maniacs. So bullets don't—they don't notice it, right? And they make it a point to talk about how in Borderlands, like the psychos, yeah, like cut their own arm off and are excited about it. So it's like, okay, well, if I have to shoot him twenty times, then fine. Yeah, but if you get shot in the head, you got shot in the head, right? Right. Helmet. So. At some yeah. point, if, if they're out. like a cyborg ninja and are wearing full armor, cool. I but right. just a street punk, no, and like maybe even a couple shots. But we're talking like yeah. charged railgun sniper rifle shots that power up and blast off and then take off at like an eighth of their health, you know. And it's like no, <laughs> right? <laughs> it just no. The, on the counterpoint to that, though, is if you hyper-specialize into... So there's a skill tree. And if you hyper-specialize into one skill and only use, like, that type of gun, it does obscene damage to the point where the rarity doesn't matter. It could be the starter sniper rifle, and you could take out the end boss with it. So, mm. I don't know. So, yeah, so how does the skill tree work? I mean, are you, is it something where if you continue to play, you could eventually grind and unlock everything? Is Are you limited in, in your selection? How does that work? So I don't know if there's a level cap. I didn't get anywhere near to it. I think I was fairly underleveled by the time I was in the end game because I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. And even when they give you the, like, warning, you're about to enter a series of events, like, they don't make it explicit that it's end game. I thought it was just another quest. Right. So even when they said you can't go back after this point, I just thought it meant for a little while. I didn't right. know it was like, you're about to enter end game. Make sure you're ready for end game. So I went in at level, I don't know, between 20 and 30. I wasn't as low. I was probably on the upper end, like 28 to 32, somewhere in there. But you, you have like six attribute points and every time you level up, you get an attribute point and then you get a perk point. Mm-hmm. So in each of your attributes, there's a skill web associated to that. There's like three skill webs associated to that attribute. So 
it'll say you need like 12 dexterity to unlock the next layer of the web for rifles and then you also have to have so many points invested to travel through the web to get to like snipers deal extra damage or something right and it you'll get extra perks too for so you'll get perk points not attribute points but perk points for doing certain things like certain number of headshots or crafting 10 rare items or whatever and so and those will increase all of the skills in that area so you may get like one percent damage increase with all assault war rifles and then there'll be little things that stack and every five of those you may get some extra modifier like reloading them faster or they hold 10 percent more ammo or something gotcha so i guess another kind of mechanical not really mechanical but just I started this by saying it's not a review and then I've only asked you reviewers. <laughs> but I, I'm just, again, I'm just trying to, again, cause I haven't played it. So I'm just trying to understand what it looks like and how it right. feels. Um, so the thing that I would assume is the most appealing aspect of this to you, but what is, what is your opinion of the aesthetic of it all? Like did they really nail, they nail the aesthetic for sure. Like it feel, it looks and feels like a cyberpunk dystopian future should it's so like day i would come i did like the most comparisons that are in my mind for everything from skills to weapons to loadout to gear to story to everything else is deus ex to to cyberpunk like they're very very close in how they kind of feel and play and even like mantis blades aren't a new thing but right. The biggest difference is Deus Ex's color palette is almost black and white. Mm. It has like black, white, and gold with a little bit of occasional neon. Cyberpunk's color palette is literally just neon finger paint. Mm. Like it is as bright and colorful and shiny as it can possibly be. Even at night, Unless you are out in a warehouse district, it is bright and shiny because there's neon lights and advertisements and things going on everywhere. Mm. And I love it. I think it's awesome. Like they, I believe that above all else, just looking around the city at skyscrapers and car, future cars and cool people with cyborg arms and augments or just a lot of latex rave clothes and punk haircuts and stuff like it's. Everything that late 90s, early 2000s envisioned cyberpunk as, it is like a fulfillment of that. Instead of the more later 2000s dystopian, everything's black, white, and the Matrix. Like, it's a very right. 90s take on cyberpunk. Right. Uh, what about soundtrack? I almost didn't notice it. Wow. Yeah. It's cool. It's it like the cars have radios that you can cycle through, but they're not defined enough, nor was it easily. I, I didn't use cars enough to get into like what those buttons are right. and didn't, you're not spending that much time in them. And a lot of other places, radios are used like a sneak distraction mechanic or something. There was, I mean, there's some good tracks. There's some good music for the cutscenes. Um, but outside of that, it was not something that I really noticed about the game at all. So I would say that probably means it's average. It's probably not because I would have noticed it if it was bad. Sure, sure. 
So I think we've kind of hit the high points of like, again, from a mechanical standpoint, it's FPS. Um, we've talked about the aesthetic. We've talked about the sound. We've talked about how it feels to, to play, you know, the driving, the shooting. We've talked about how the skills and stuff work. So I think we're at the point now where I want to hear you talk about, you know, why, how it mattered to you, what is, what your impression of it is. Um, so we'll say here is the spoiler warning. Yeah, this is probably the spoiler warning. And I don't how spoiler it gets. I don't know, but if you oh, care, probably all the way, I'm probably going to go. I mean, now given I haven't completed every way that you can complete right. the game, so I can only spoil so much. But yeah, that, cool. uh, that's where we'll go. So yeah, I would say that. I mean, it it is an RPG. It, it full and full. There's a lot of dialogue choices. There's some quick time dialogue choices and there's you don't always have to take the quick time dialogue choice like the quick time dialogue choice may be bad or too snarky or start a fight so you have to not take it um but i'm so con i'm i'm conflicted because i'm probably going to say a lot of stuff that's going to come off as critical i'm going to try not to be hypercritical but i want to start by saying that this was a good game I I love the cyberpunk genre. I feel like it's a lot of games that are in that area, like Shadowrun stuff, do a little bit of a disservice or tend to be in a gameplay style that I just don't want to play. And I loved all the Deus Ex games, uh, except for the, the really old one that was the sequel to the, the one that you played. Anyway, mm -hmm. I loved them. And I love that style. I love first-person RPGs. And I was really happy to have one. So that said, I overall enjoyed the the act of playing the game. I would say I enjoyed a lot of other stuff. I did not have the bugs and glitches that everybody else had. I had a couple, but nothing super game breaking. And most of what I have was mechanics issues, but like it starts off super compelling. Like the story starts and I am hooked just immediately mm. like your characters kind of i played a nomad so i had just recently basically abandoned my clan because of some bad blood went down and so i'm just kind of off to start a new life you meet you doing a delivery for this dude who seems super shady at first but he ends up being kind of the you're you're a smuggler he's helping you smuggle some stuff you get caught in a checkpoint you've got to kind of fight off a bunch of goons. You try to pay off the guards or do whatever. There's a bunch of options for what you could do. And then they try to hunt you down anyway. And so there's a battle. You, you know, get through that. You do another job with this dude. It's really tense. And then there's like a whole cut scene where you and him basically become best buds. Mm. Like you two are going to take over the underground mercenary snuggling. You want to be legends, right? And... So he like is very quickly endeared to you and suddenly all of the shady quirks that he had become like the cool quirks, right? You go on essentially like the next big heist. Uh, it's supposed to be the one that's going to make you legendary. And there's this is even like you can do a lot of quests in between these points of skipping all of the side questy stuff. But essentially you break into one of the super corpse mega buildings to steal some stuff from them for a client. So you steal a box, you go things get this, the, 
like CEO's kid kills him while you're hiding in the room. So now you're a witness to this. And then he finds out. So you're on the run in the corporate building. The box like gets broken open. Your super buddy time has been shot. And the only the what's in the box is like a biochip that you plug into your head. So the only way to save it, because it was in like a temperature controlled box, is for some, one of you to plug it in. So he does, but then he gets shot. So he's dying. So you've got to take it. This is like the first big crux of the story. What it is, is it's the consciousness of another person. Mm-hmm. And so here enters the, um, dang it. Why am I forgetting his name? The actor. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. This is where Keanu Reeves' character comes in, is it's his consciousness that's on this chip. I see. So for the rest of the game, he can appear just out of nowhere as you and him struggle to get this chip out of your head. I see. And deal with all of the conspiracies because there's layers and layers of conspiracies now because he was a terrorist. There's stuff associated with him in this corporation. You witnessed a murder and a corporate takeover. You stole this chip from them, but it's also like eating your brain because his consciousness is overriding yours. So you've got that to deal with. And it's like not his fault because you plug the chip in and he's not even, he doesn't even know why he's there or what he is or who you are. Mm. And so there's a lot of like depth to all of that. And it is like everything up to that point is some of the most intense and engaging first person RPG that I've played. Like everything up to that point, I was sold. I was in a hundred percent. And there seems like from there even seems like three dominant story paths on trying to find people. Like, who do you trust? Like you just stole the like nuclear, the equivalent of a nuclear weapon in developmental jump. Like this company just figured out how to, download and install people's consciousnesses and this was the one right Mm. and so you have the only working version and it's tied up in all this mess but it's also killing you so it's like who do you trust to even tell to ask how do i get this out of my head right because if you go back to the corporation the ceo wants you dead because he knows you saw him kill his dad boss right and so you can't go to them Everybody on the underground market would be much more willing to kill you and take the chip because it's worth more than you are. So it's like there's a lot of political intrigue and you're also still kind of new in the city. So your contacts, you're not a legend yet. And you just the big heist that you were supposed to pull got multiple people killed and your face is on television kind of thing. Right. Like everybody's after you. So nobody wants to deal with you. Right. So it like sets up this really sweet premise and I'm in all the way. And then everything after that just kind of becomes a slog. Mm. And it, it seems like there are multiple endings, but there were several points where I thought that I was going down like one of the choices. Right. And it seemed like there's two or three choices and you feel like you could kind of play them against each other. So I am the best of my ability because I don't know who to trust yet. And I don't know how much this is going to influence the end because it's a big marketed game. So I, I don't know. And 
and it just ended up like several of them almost became nothing. Like, I feel like I got to a point where this guy's finally going to help. I did all of the things to get this guy to help. And then that whole quest tree is just over. And like, no, no double cross. No, I'm not going to help you. Just kind of done. Mm. And I, I don't know if I bugged something out. I don't think I did. Or if I wasn't paying close enough attention to the undertext of people's conversations. But more than once, it felt like a quest line was just kind of over, which mm. was really disappointing. And the more it happened, the more I just got disenfranchised with what was going on in the game. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, to summarize, it sounds like at least to start with your, you know, the thing we talk about a lot about what makes a game compelling is immersion. And it sounds like it pulled you in with that at the beginning, but then... And, and almost like it sets itself up to like, I mean, we, we've talked about the show more than once recently, but like the show, the expanse yeah. where it just constantly goes in a direction where you're like, not only was I not anticipating that that's where this went next, mm-hmm. but it's really cool too. Like right. I, not only did I not expect it, but it's also yeah. interesting. I mean, they could also hit James Holden in the face with a cream pie, and I wouldn't have expected it, but it wouldn't, but it wouldn't really have been cool. cool. Right. And I would say the first 15 to 20 hours is, I don't know where this is going, but everything's really cool. Mm. And maybe 10 to 15. I don't know. The first half of the game or so uh, is, yeah, just, I don't even care what happens. Every Everything is awesome. And I'm I got to a point where... I did. I was so immersed, which this rarely happens. I was immersed to the point where certain decisions I just let happen without trying to quick save my way through them or anything. Mm. Like, because it felt like either every decision is going to matter in the end or none of them are. And I don't know which. So I'm going to stop trying to game the system and just kind of do what I think my character would do, you know? And that was a really freeing experience to get to play in an RPG where I couldn't tell because a lot of RPGs, it's like, do you want to piss the Earl off and make a thousand gold? Or do you want to get him as an ally and get the cool sword? And it's just you, that's just your decision. Right. But in this, it was like, I don't know if this quest line is going to block me off from some other, I don't know if pissing this guy off is the right call or befriending that girl is the right call. Everything is all these political ties and they're all so entangled that I just have to go with the flow and hope like I felt kind of like a mercenary. Like I just got to go with the flow and hope I don't get murdered. Right. And I've got to just make snap decisions. Whatever's going to keep me most alive and try to help me the most, get the most information is all I can do. Right. Yeah. I mean, CD project has a a history with that actually, that that is a positive one. Um, you know, Mass Effect, the series famously touted that all of these different choices that you're making all matter. And in fairness, some of them do matter and do carry through, but they matter as far as the personal relationships between the characters. Right. As far as the actual, like, story goes, they don't matter as much in that, mm-hmm. as much as players were led to believe. But it was all about the ending, right? right. It's all about how is the ending or whatever. Whereas in like the Witcher, I think it's in the Witcher 2, um, based on some decisions you make in the first 
play area, for lack of a better term, level, literally changes the entire second play area that you go to. Oh, wow. Okay. A or B. Right. But but it's not the ending, right? Right. So you're probably right to do that because, and you're probably not wrong to feel like, I'm not sure what all this changes because they have a long track record now of not building the choice just into impacting the end, but into impacting all sorts of stuff throughout the game. I actually feel like there was a lot less of that. It, it de- like, it definitely felt like that it was going to, that the middle was really just what side quests you wanted. Now there are, there are probably three main story branches that I think you can follow through with like two main ways to get to the end. But it, I don't know. I, I, I did definitely like, so I chose some sides, but again, I think that those choices were kind of unintentional because there were a couple of points where it seemed like a choice of, yeah, I want to think about this for a bit and I'll get back to you was actually no screw you. I'm not working with you ever when my character said them, I was like, Oh, that's not what I intended, but okay. I can't work with this faction now. So whatever, but there were, I mean, so there was some of that. I mean, it's not like zones were any different because it's all the same giant mega city or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's not really applicable because yeah, the Witcher 2 is not an open world in the same way, but, but yes, but to be clear, it's not like in the Witcher 2 when you load the second world that it tells you, Hey, you're in the swamp instead of the forest. Right. You just don't know. You just don't know. So Mm -hmm. You know, they're, and they're, I think there, I think there probably is some of that going on in the background. Yeah, but there was also there also is just so jumping ahead, like all the way ahead. I got an ending that was really dissatisfying, and so I looked up the endings and how to get them. And it there are a couple of them that require like specific dialogue trees, like not just one choice, but then when they reply with this, you have to reply with that, and then when they reply with this, you have to reply with that. And some of them are like, you just have to complete this skill or this quest line and just complete it to the end and pick the good version and then you get their support, right? There's like six endings and most of them are kind of quest based, but there were a couple that seemed like it's like very specific order of answers. Mm. So, I mean, I mean, certainly as much of the story as you'd like to share, I don't know if we need to walk through story front to back, but um so you said that the ending felt disappointing. I, how long was that feel? And I, you know, asking how long is a bad question because I know it's not like you have a stopwatch while you're right, right, monitoring this stuff. But like earlier, you'd referred to it as the beginning of the game had it immersed. But then you were saying like, well, kind of maybe maybe the first half. And again, I'm not trying to pin you on a no, no. but it's just like, is your impression that it was really great until? the the last half of the game or was it I like mean, satisfied would you have felt that the rest of it was then now worth it does that make sense probably like, yeah if the ending was better i probably would have felt better about the rest of it i think some of it too is just i'm at like level 30 and there's still enemies that have like a skull over them that i can't like they're to the point where like if you try to sneak up behind them and like grab them to do your sneak instant kill thing they'll just turn around and like shove you off or headbutt you or elbow you in the face and then shoot you Mm. like, which I thought was a really cool mechanic to add in that you can't just sneak through the whole game. 
Right. Um, you can, but you can't sneak up to the end boss and just, you know, insta kill them. And even street thugs will turn around and sometimes break your chokehold or whatever, which was cool. But I think it was that it started being too samey in just mm. it's just a run and gun. Like it started I started caring like in the beginning, I cared a lot about doing side missions and we didn't even talk about like my favorite side mission, which I won't do the whole thing, but just I ended up talking a suicidal AI driven car away from a cliff. <laughs> like it was a self-driving car that had gained sentience and then wanted to kill itself because it was like, I'm just a self-driving car. He, I, humans are dumb. I don't like any of you. And I had to talk it off the cliff to return it to the taxi factory so it could get reformatted. And like, wow. <laughs> so you actually talk it into killing itself still. Kind of. Yeah. Just, well, just it had to, to reintegrate with the core. Right. It had to reintegrate its personality with the core. Read probably reformatted, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's kind of like when you're buried, you turn back into the worms that eat you or whatever, yeah, right? Well, like, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was either I was trying to drive off the cliff. It's dead either way. Either right. it drives off the cliff or right. I send it back to the factory. And now we've saved the metal or something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Try to be environmentally conscious here, you know. <laughs> It might be the future, but we're still not littering. No, not in Garbage City, the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> but so yeah, I like, so, so the like, sides were, were enjoyable. There are at least some of them. In were. the beginning, they were, but then mm. after a while, it really just seemed like the only reason I was doing them was if I wanted to grind level. And so, and like, there are some cool outcomes, and there are some cool stories. But that started just holding me less and less. Yeah. And I started pursuing the main story more and more because there wasn't really anything to do with outside of like skill points, which didn't really seem necessary if you had good enough gear. And then gear grinding didn't really seem necessary if you had good enough skill points. So like that wasn't intriguing. It wasn't like I'm trying to find some cool sniper rifle or something. So that didn't hold me very well. And sometimes I, some of the stories were really bad too. And it's just like, oh man, I've got to listen through this. And I don't well, know. You know, the thing that the looter shooter, which it's not even shooter, you know, but the, the loot based games, whether it be Path of Exile or Diablo or Borderlands, the thing that those games do with the loot is, yeah, at the beginning of the game, you find a green sword or a green mace or whatever, and it's basically the same. Right. But eventually you get to a point where in Diablo it's uniques or legendaries or sets and Borderlands, it's the same kind of thing where it literally changes the way that you play like right. in a fun way. So right. now you're excited to, to go grind for that loot or grind out that next skill because that next skill completely changes the way that you'll play your character exactly. in combat or something, which now is enticing again. And so it sounds like this just didn't really mostly that. damage boosts, right? Mostly damage boosts, even so like, and I tried to go with like, a, initially I was all hacker and you could even hack because most people have cybernetic implants. So most enemies you can hack as well and you can turn off, you can blind them for five seconds. So if you're in, in a sneaky game and somebody's about to spot you, you could just like boop and brain hack them and turn their eyeballs off or their mm. ears or 
you can cause distract. And so like that was really cool in the beginning, but it didn't scale to being able to deal damage or take down hordes of enemies or so it started forcing me into a sneak play style where if I got caught, I had to reload because I just right. wasn't geared up for the rest. So that's when I specced into blades and then that kind of overpowered to the point where I didn't hack anymore. Mm. And I just did whatever it, it, whatever I needed to, I would sneak some, but for the most part, I wouldn't care too terribly much. And I would just go blade blade frenzy on whatever was in the way. Yeah. It's, you know, on the one hand, it's like, I get it. I get, you know, especially because of the popularity of Deus Ex, um, wanting to include melee and that and the mantis blades and just that right. style of gameplay. I get it, but I almost wonder, it almost just sounds like, like for lack of a better term, feature creep. Yeah. But like if they would have, maybe if they could have just narrowed some of the options down and been a little more focused, right. Maybe it could have mattered more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Cause I mean, there's, there's even within, even if you do dexterity or whatever, there's like pistol tree, rifle tree, sword tree, all just within that. And so it's like, if you want to do like rifle shotgun, you've got to spec into dexterity strength. And it's like, you can't just spec into like light arms or medium arms or whatever. And yeah, I do think hacking is all over the place. In the beginning, it's hard to earn money. So hacking was important. Like I hacked every vending machine I could find and I avoided all the money duplication tricks that are in the game. (laughs) But everything... There's a whole crafting. I specced super hard into engineering and crafting because I'm like, oh, man, this game you're supposed to be able to craft all legend. Like you could craft legendary items and stuff. Super cool. When that suddenly did, I found more health packs than I could ever. I think I ended the game with a couple hundred of the highest quality health packs Mm. and I never crafted one. I don't think I ever bought one. Like the only time I used money was to buy the mantis blades which i because I, I couldn't find i could didn't know that there was a spot you could just go in the beginning of the game to get legendary ones and to pay off a debt for a dude that is you don't really even have to pay off but i felt bad and so i wanted to pay it and the yeah that was but most of the most of the grinding was just to meet level requirements for installing certain like i needed to be a certain level to install the mantis blades Mm. that was just so okay once i got there i think that's what did it once i got the mantis blades or just before once i realized i had to grind out quests i wasn't interested in and not just playing whatever suited my fancy like if i got a call and it sounded like a cool quest and i played it and i loved it and rescued a car awesome if i got a quest that i didn't want to play i didn't play it until that point until i needed enough street because you have your your character level and then you have your street cred level which is really just your side quest completion percentage level <laughs> and when that needed to be at a certain thing because i got i i bought them i got the mantis blades i did whatever it took to get them super expensive and then i'm like all right doc put these in me and he's like nah you're not cool enough mm. i'm like oh okay right and then ground a bunch of side quests that I didn't care about, then got those installed just so that I could have the play style that I wanted. 
right. that's when I started being a little disillusioned with the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense because it's then it then it turn it I mean that just definitely breaks the immersion because now you're not making decisions based on who your character is anymore. You're making decisions right. based on the fact that you're playing a video game and that you, Brett, know the game told me I need this to do that, and Would so you? now I have to do it. Like maybe they would be better suited to not even show the mana blades until you had the street cred for it, right? right. Which maybe yeah. that sucks because if you don't get it or you don't find out, you're like, oh, if I'd have known, I would have. But it would save what you're talking about, right? Where it just shatters the immersion. Which you know, if it's if it wasn't an RPG, if it was a if it was just more of a straight up action game, mm-hmm. then maybe all of that isn't as important. I really think that it would have been best suited to play more on rails like halo like mm-hmm. or or a, any sort of maybe not that hard on rails like maybe having a cool multiples branching story or whatever but it just seemed like the rpg elements did a disservice to the game well what about like something and again i only go back to this over and over so my bad but like what about like a gta 5 st- style campaign yeah, where... i think that would be great too story is important but you're not really playing an rpg you're very much playing through a story and right yeah, there's some choices you make here and there but largely it's just some events that you're not it was addicted. some of the choices were fun to make but the couple few times that i did have the game crash or whatever and i have to replay or replay through a section for whatever reason uh you like can skip dialogue choices or just like choose the first one and then skip the text or whatever and just skip forward to the next choice they didn't matter 90 percent of the time when i played through them the second or third time just to see what was going to happen in an area it didn't change anything and so it's like cool there's three different conversations here and i guess if you want to feel like the difference between uh, like like nice natalie and tommy Hardgun is there for you to have that feeling but it didn't really add anything to the experience in most cases. Right. Well, and in the shattering of the immersion fuels that to some extent, right? Yeah. Because if, yeah. if once you no longer feel like you're in the world and instead you're a, the objective player, um, now if there's not a really definitive thing that changed, it's like, why do I care? Right. You know I mean? So, because yeah. I'm not emotionally connected here still. Exactly. In, in that way. Huh. So, yeah, it's really interesting because all of the negativity, and again, I haven't, like, read a ton of articles or anything. Not owning it, I kind of don't care. Um, I I don't typically spend a lot of time consuming content about stuff that I am not participating in and that is negative. You know what I mean? Um, So I've certainly found it interesting to see all the feedback. But you're – and again, I I said what I just did because I haven't read everyone's report or something. But – this is the the most um, non technical related. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of a lot of people are like, "There's lots of bugs. It doesn't run on Xbox. People are returning it." Ra 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 ra. Yeah, I was just disappointed with the game past yeah. a certain point. Like, I think overall, I give it an okay. But everything after that, when once the disillusion was broken, and then the end, the end was a real slap in the face, because I guess I got not the worst ending, but one of the you didn't try hard enough endings. Basically, like, oh wow, I didn't get, I didn't do any of the other quest lines because I did one of the only major things that I had happen 
is I did complete most of a quest line to get one of the other endings and get another character. Pan Am is her name involved. Really cool character. Something happened. I don't remember what that caused me to have to reload a save way back before I had completed half of her quests. So I just skipped them. Right. Because I was like, I'm not doing all of that over again. Uh, I was playing a female character, so I couldn't romance her. So there's no room for the other half of the options that go into that. Mm. And it's like, I don't care enough to redo all of that over again. So I didn't. And then I started just kind of rushing what felt like the only option left available to beat the game. Mm. Uh, I think I just burned every other bridge, I guess. But it. The the conflict resolution just it's just any even so even when I went and read them, that is the other reason that I was just like once I started reading the other endings after I got mine, I was just like, yeah, uninstall because none of them are good. None mm. of them are good. The game doesn't have a good ending. Mm. It has some OK endings, but it doesn't have a like you basically you always die. Mm. like no matter what you die Mm. and it's just like the whole game is a struggle about life and the meaning of consciousness and the identity of the soul and the ends are all eh science hasn't gone far enough yet Mm. like It's just disappoint. Like I played through once I beat the final boss. There's still the ending that I got. There's still a good 40 minutes or so of gameplay and a huge choice at at even the end of that, that changes between two different endings there. All of the endings basically have two endings within them that you choose kind of halfway through. There's probably an hour of gameplay that was left. Mm. Of me essentially in a psych ward, playing through getting tested and having to role play out some answers and my character's descent into kind of madness Mm. and freaking out over being stuck in a testing ward, like being treated like a lab rat. And then the two options at the end were basically just like, you get brain cancer and die or you upload your consciousness to a machine and get an ending where everybody cries. Mm. And it's like, it changes the the credits, which I even just like alt F forward away from. Cause they, it's an, it's really well done. They have all the video messages from all the characters in the game and your relationship status with them, like mm. changes the messages they give you based on what ending you have. It's like, there's probably hundreds or thousands of audio clips just <laughs> for that. There's probably hours worth of, audio video of character ending info stuff did not care i was so mad because mm. i also didn't choose like there's a straight up like suicide ending that you're just like nope not gonna do any of this and just blah and so i didn't do that and i i mean once i made the choice to go into that end bit probably three hours of gameplay one hour of which is me stuck in a psych ward mm. like it's the epilogue took an hour of playthrough where there's no way to get out, like no going back to the apartment or anything. And it's like, I just kept, I was, I got heated because I'm like, 
it's going to turn around. It's going to turn around. I'm eventually going to get out. I'm eventually going to get go back down to the planet and keep playing in third person world and whatever. And I think you do. But by the time it got to that, I didn't care. I was mm-hmm. so done with it. They, they, it kept seeming like it was going to have some kind of interesting choice or cool story bit. And then it just kind of kicks you in the tail and says, no, screw you. Go yeah. back and play 20 more hours to get the next quest line and maybe you'll get a good ending. Mm. And it's like, then I Googled them and all of them are essentially, there's some brighter solutions, but they're all essentially you die. Right. And I just, I, I guess that's a hot take or whatever from the company to be like, yeah, fatality of existence, raw mortality, but also screw your, you're a video game of I, where I murdered like a thousand people to get here. Like it's the, you can't have some big moral, end with that like i don't buy it Hmm. so i guess um you know to to kind of wrap up i mean obviously we've just talked for the better part of an hour (laughs) um, about it but i mean if if possible what how would you summarize i mean not a review score but how would you summarize its impact or, or how you think it matters in the, the space of gaming, because I think it's the, impre- the I think the stamp or the, the label that it's gotten is that it's this technically flawed rushed product that, that really doesn't succeed because of that. Um, and that's, again, that's not really the experience you had largely. So right. again, how would you kind of summarize good or bad? I'm not trying to get you to dress. No, it up nice no, 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 no. I think, I think it's twofold. I mean, I think, it may also just be that at the point in the game where I started feeling disillusioned was the point of the game that started feeling rushed, like cheaper storylines, cheaper side quests and whatever. There could be some of that. But I think that the first half of the game is it really is outside of like a couple of minor bugs. Everything I wanted in just. It wasn't crass or mature to be like we're past the era of South Park, right? Like children swearing to be funny and get newsworthy isn't going to get it anymore. So it's crassness was all very serious and realistic, like where people swore or where nudity occurred or whatever didn't feel like they were forcing it in the game to get a mature score, to get negative press on the news. That's still press. It just felt like, that was what happens in this world. Mm. You know, it wasn't overdone. It all, it was so immersive. It, before I had VR, it felt like VR except on a monitor, right? Mm. Like it was hyper-realistic graphics. I, the transition between pieces that were kind of cut scene but never leaving the first person actually started feeling pretty cool because I always felt like I was in the game. I was never taken out of character, mm. which is kind of rare. And I I loved it. I loved every bit of it. It was such a great story to tell. It felt like a mature sci-fi novel type situation, like a really good story. And parts where I thought, I know what's going to happen, didn't happen. And some parts did. It, it, there, it didn't, you know, hide everything, but not everything was a twist. I think that having a game like this in the cyberpunk genre get as much media attention as it did, I think is important. I think that it's a perfect time like synthwave is really popular or has been for a while that's 
probably going to start changing soon, but like having the neon aesthetic, the cyberpunk aesthetic and, and an alternate timeline world, like it's 2077, but it's not our world in 2077. Like things happen in the nineties that change this world's timeline. Mm. So it's really refreshing to be able to play something that is based on a current world, but isn't this one. Right. Right. Because I think a lot of stories either try to put it too far in the future so that it doesn't matter what happens or just have it's a sci-fi world. But this is like a real world. Like there's advertisements that play on TV and some of them are funny and some of them are serious and some of them are just like they hit you weird. But because it's so natural to get your eyeballs replaced in this world that to, to me it feels kind of weird to see an advertisement for this. But it lands in this weird space that's in between the comedy of idiocracy and like the seriousness of, uh, of like a, a neuromancer or something, right? William Gibson novel is what I was trying to look for. And I think having that in that kind of story being told in a video game is a great way to do it. I think that it's, it's a genre that frankly gets pretty poor rep in feature movies too like the matrix is not all that cyberpunk is nor is johnny mnemonic and having a fresh take on what cyberpunk can mean i think they did a real real good service to the genre as a whole like it, it is cyberpunk's equivalent to me of like lord of the rings to like the movie series that was done to high fantasy like just putting that on the radar as a thing that can be cool to the masses mm. so kudos to them for that i think it was awesome um as a game i feel like i i don't know if it's just the curse of marketing or what that it probably could have used another couple of years really like that was going to be you know that's that's the thing i wanted to add to the to the end of this discussion is that and i don't know who i'm lecturing but um corporate executives it was a game about the no, downfall of corporates and no. it's actually not i'm actually not punching up i'm a, i oh, am man. actually punching laterally to my peers that are other gamers because yeah there's pressure from studios to meet deadlines there is also an enormous amount of negative pushback when a game studio says they're going to delay a game yeah and i don't know why i have never understood it because i don't know of a single example where a game was going to come out announced a release got pushback and either reduced that release or definitely didn't do another push right. like it didn't push it again because the blowback was too much and it came out and was like yeah that was excellent good thing you guys didn't take more time like you said you needed right because this was already excellent never it, i, never I actually fully agree because it's Never does a company say we're going to delay this game because it's going to make us more money in the meantime by being delayed because we don't have to spend any money paying coders, artists, QA, testers, marketers, any like it delaying a game only loses money, period. It, but right. in the hopes of making a game better that people will love when it comes out. Right. And well, and like, you know, a common comment that I see in response to game delayed news is, 
hmm, seems like it must have problems. That makes me nervous. What weird set of expectations does a person have for something that they don't have access to yet? If you are getting so hyped up about a game from the marketing (laughs) that you are now mad when it gets delayed because you have all the stop, stop that, then walk away from those expectations and wait until it comes out. And you know who gets free copies of the game so that you don't have to spend your hard earned dollars on it? Reviewers. Right. So find a reviewer that you like or that you trust or find a, a group of them that you like or trust and watch the review when it comes out. Yeah. And again, I pre-order games. I get excited about games, but I never have <laughs> never been upset if a game gets delayed because that just means that they're trying still. The uh, only way that I would be mad if a game was delayed, if it was like within a two week window of launch and I had like taken time off to play or something and had my download already half done or something like But even then, like it's probably because there's is really rare and it's probably because of something that would have kept me from being able to play during that time anyway, like server issues or something like, or or something that would have made you really mad that even if you could it now and it's like, but I am, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't, like there had to have been some weird goings on in some boardrooms because like it just didn't straight up work on Xbox. Well, like, it was just I think so it does on Netflix. I think it's on so on Xbox One and on PS4. Right. It runs like you're playing on a potato. I think on the next gen consoles it's okay. But I could well, be I saw, I, that could be. But I I saw one I don't remember what it was, but I saw the start of a video where they were like can we even beat the game on this console and it was so broken within the first minute that is just like character suffering fall damage while standing on the ground and like weird things happening it's like there is no way they had a single unit that this was play tested on that some play like a play tester probably said this is bad and does not work and some suit somewhere was like cool ship it Right. Because there's, yeah, yeah. there's and no then, way that they were like, yeah, this works totally. I don't, I certainly don't put the onus of that all on the gaming community, but the gaming community at large has complained forever when things get right. delayed. And, and uh, yeah. And honestly, what that does is that that gives ammo to the suits to be mm-hmm. like, to then push not harder. Only we care because it affects our bottom line, but our, our audience, our consumer demands well, Twitter it. Twitter is like, on fire. And if we don't release it today, they're all giving back their pre-orders. And then what happens is this happens and then Twitter's on fire anyway. Right. So yeah. again, I don't know who I'm lecturing or who I'm so <laughs> to. I just, I just had to no, say like six people that decided that they wanted to hear the end of cyberpunk. And stuck <laughs> around. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I, I'm glad that we got to have this discussion. Um, and I'm glad that I got to kind of, learn about the game from someone that I trust their opinion and, and all of that. Because again, I hadn't really, I hadn't, I haven't even watched a IGN 10 minute review or something, you know? Right. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time to go through it. Was there anything else that you wanted to hit on? Man, in- just in, in general, it's such a, I'm so, I'm so conflicted because I have never uninstalled a game faster, but I've also never uninstalled a game faster of a game that I kind of really liked. Like yeah. if I could, if I could go back and not find the Mantis Blades or not know about them, like I 
I was having a blast for a long time. It was a solid 20, 30 hours of just, man, everything. Like, there were there were some hangups. There were some snags. I definitely suck because you could summon your bike, like I said, like your vehicle. I definitely was accidentally did it while I was in the middle of a mission where I was, like, three stories down in a warehouse. And it blocked a doorway in front of me. When it summoned, I, like, turned around. I, like, didn't realize I had accidentally hit the right buttons to do it. And instead of hit cancel, hit okay. And then bike is turn around. Bike is in the room blocking the door that I need to get through. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> this is. I am now going to drive a vehicle inside a level. Is the game ready for this? <laughs> and I think I, I think that answer got answered for me because I got shot very soon after and like died and reloaded or something. But I, I didn't get to really see. <laughs> right, right. But no, I mean overall, it it was is a fantastic time if i could go back and like bite my brain of the couple bad bits maybe i would have played back through and gotten one of the better endings and been satisfied i don't know but i'm glad that it was made i'm still happy that it exists and i hope that the genre as a whole gets to grow and develop because of it so that's all for our episode today if you like this episode consider buying us a coffee over at ko-fi.com slash pod, or just tell a friend about us because it really does make a difference all of the links and our social media accounts are available in the show notes and if you want to hear more from either of us on topics outside of gaming walker's podcast the walk show talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests and my podcast dungeons and dinners is where the love of fantasy is food for thought